it's Colin Lively, and I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am about my guest today. I'm, I'm literally tingling with anticipation. I, I was at uh, my church about, oh, two months ago, I think, and I took a friend of mine to my church. I belong to Unity New York, which is a, it's a different kind of church. Let's just put it that way. A lot of show business people, and we sing a lot of uh, in, inspirational songs from Broadway shows, every now and then a hymn, but mostly Broadway shows. We have great speakers all the time, and it happened to be the very first week that a friend of mine who has moved to New York from North Carolina, he's here going to a seminary because he's going to be an Episcopalian priest. So I said, why don't you go to my church? Well, it just so happened that at my church that particular Sunday, we had a guest speaker. Now, we don't call our sermons sermons. We call them talks. But he thought this was a sermon. And we had this special guest. Her name is Patricia Moreno. I have heard of Patricia Moreno for years, many years, because she's a fitness person that is way up there. I've heard about her from other fitness people who look to her as, as a guidance. Anyway, she was our speaker that day. So <laughs> at one point during her, her sermon, uh, she brought a whole slew of people up onto the podium and they proceeded to do what my friend called an aerobics workout but patricia has created this practice that she calls intensity which combines spirituality with physicality and i she has what we call creating a thinner piece but before i say too much and risk saying all the wrong things i'm going to introduce patricia moreno Patricia, I am so excited. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Colin. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I mean, Patricia, from the time I saw you, which, by the way, was the very first time my good friend Chesley Kennedy, the Episcopalian priest, saw you also. I haven't stopped thinking about the message that you gave and how, how you combined the physicality with the spirituality. Tell me a little bit about what got you here. And, you know, my whole program is about staying in touch with your youthfulness. Tell me how all of this happened for you. Oh, wow. It started quite a long time ago when um, I, I come from California, family of 11 children. I'm number nine of the 11th. And one of the things that was really great about my upbringing was my dad's perspective on what's possible in life and he was really someone who believed that you know a lot of what unity talks about that you know what you what you think about you bring about and who we are are we are co-creators or co-creators of our experience of our life and even though he didn't talk to us in that way it wasn't a real spiritual way that he relayed his message it was more in that when you really stand for your dream and you really apply yourself and you really believe in yourself then you know great things can happen and he really represented that in his own life and was a great role model for that and when I was really young I had a really um serious illness that at one point it was in my arm and he 
talked me through this visualization because the next day what the doctors were saying is if the injury didn't heal itself or if I didn't improve, that the next day that they were going to go in and do exploratory surgery, which just might lead to an amputation of my arm since the infection was spreading to my heart. And the night before they went to do the surgery, he sat with me and he did this you know, there are many ma- names I would call it now, either affirmative prayer or visualization. And he had me envision this army of men marching into my arm and digging out and hosing out and cleaning out the infection and then watching them walk the infection out and, you know, re- reapplying health and well-being. And since that time, obviously the next day it was completely healed. And it really laid a foundation for me about what, how important it is and how much of a big part we personally play in so much of our own lives. And although I didn't really start to really get into it until a lot later in my life, that was always something that I went back to that really had me believe in how what a gift it is that we have this ability to choose what we think about and that we have the ability to give our attention either to healing or to not healing. And for me, I call that prayer, um, positive affirmations, affirmative prayer. And that really had me start to think differently. And then I also was really into fitness. I was very overweight as a young girl, and I wanted to you know, change my body, change my self-image, and I wanted to improve how I looked, and I actually fell in love with fitness. And I spent a lot of time really teaching classes from a very young age and really struggling in that area of trying to lose weight, trying to keep it off, dealing with eating disorders. And I got to the point where I was realizing that the exercise and the dieting really wasn't enough, that I had to find another way, a deeper way to make the transformation really a lasting one and not just so much about losing weight. So what I decided to do was to melt these two worlds of, you know, that there must be a spiritual solution to this, this basically suffering that I was going through and that so much of the world, and including my whole family, going through dealing with the body, dealing with health, dealing with living in a way that life feels good and life progresses in a positive way. And just after a lot of studying and a lot of searching and asking myself the question and really praying about it, like what is the answer? What is it that I can bring to this conversation that hasn't been really spoken about yet that would really make a difference for myself and for other people. And after years of just, you know, studying with different teachers, doing a lot of meditation, doing a lot of yoga, I really thought that the message that I was getting and the intuition that was that was building within me was really about taking it to the spiritual level and changing the way that we think and being more loving and self-accepting. So what I decided to do was to create a practice, a practice where people could literally practice changing the way that they think and put affirmative prayer into action. And as you know, I'm sure you know because I know at Unity they talk about this a lot, like affirmation and prayer is great, but it's really the emotion behind it and then doing it affirmatively that really has you unlock that higher level of faith that really makes you available to the shift that you really want to create in your life or experience in your life. So I thought, let's try this. Let's take affirmative prayer, but let's be that prayer. Let's dance that prayer. Let's 
work through that prayer, and that's really was the foundation of Intensati. Wow. Well, one of the things that that I have learned through the years <clears throat> is that oh. Like we we're not we don't have markers. Like I've reached an age. I'm 63 years old, and recently I went to my high school reunion, which was a little daunting because a lot of the people that I went to high school with are retired, and and they're fishing and they're hunting and they're sitting on porches with grandbabies. And all of a sudden, it got me thinking. You know, should I start to think like a 63 year old and start slowing down? Because in my world. I'm, I'm like a club kid in New York. I show up at, you know, the parties and dressed up and all of that. I love clubbing, and I never thought of myself as being an older person. But sometimes we think that age, like each year that we turn, is another marker where we should slow down or we should do this, because after all, Colin, you're 63 years old, and those little voices start going around in your head. And because... One, I mean, in my life, I don't think of myself as a 63-year-old until I see a mirror that doesn't look like such a good one up in front of my face. And one of the things that I got from your message, which just resonates me, resonates with me from the time I saw you two months ago, is this thinner piece. That is something I would love to get to, is... I have found inner peace, but I'm still carrying this belly around on me. And I know that as I've gone for my inner strength, I somehow don't get in touch with my physical strength. Right. And that's really, you know, a lot of what I talk about really is that. I think a lot of people... When they think about their body or they think about making changes, uh, so much of our culture revolves around, you know, the only time that a lot of people start to consider their health and their vitality and their, their youthfulness is when it relates simply to losing weight. And the thing that I really like to talk about is where our body is our body and you get you know, what what you get, what you put into it. And if you really put and make your body and your health and your well-being your number one priority, it becomes a foundation for, I call living a life that you love. And it is the most important and precious thing that we have and the thing that we really overlook often until something goes wrong. And by shifting, and like you were talking about, you know, there's this idea that at 40 things should happen and then at 50 you should look a certain way and then at 60, you know, there's this whole, like, cultural belief about what at what age you should be feeling or doing. And if you buy into that belief, it's easy to fall into that same mindset that everybody else falls into. But I think you're showing something quite different when you stand up and you say, no, I'm going to do it differently. I had a very similar thing when the last, I'm 46, just turned 46 last weekend, and I was trying to get pregnant. So a lot of my... The stuff in my head was, you know, a lot of the doctors and people saying, you can't do it, it's not going to happen for you, it's too late. And really reaffirming and reminding myself, you know, it says, you ask, it is given, you pray believing, it shall be, and it is. And I really held to that, and it really helped me build a new level of faith and a new level of applying what I believed and have that become a knowing. 
And when it becomes something that you apply to yourself, whether it's in your health or your well-being or your, like you said, your youthfulness, it really, I do believe it's a question of how you, how you talk to yourself, what you believe about yourself. And if you fall into the trap of what society says you should be doing or what a 60-year-old looks like or should be doing at that point, then it's really easy to fall into that mindset. Mm. Well, I happen to be the child of a woman who was 47 years old when she had me. And I, I, I'm here to tell you that I am the, all the better for being born to a woman who was 47 because she had already lived uh, long enough to, to instill in me a lot of the values that she found on her spiritual journey and her life experiences. But right now, we've got to take a little break. When we get back, there will be more of Patricia Moreno, and I cannot wait. We'll be right back. It's Colin Lively. Back with you and also back with my guest, Patricia Moreno, who at 47 years old is expecting her first child. Patricia, how do you, tell me what it's like being a 47-year-old mother. Well, I actually just turned 46, but I do expect to be a 47-year-old <gasps> oh mother. As a, no, totally fine. But it's, you know, it's so exciting because... There was a lot that I had to go through to get here, and it wasn't, you know, I'm also in a relationship with a woman. I'm married to a woman, and when I started this journey, you know, it's, it's not like a heterosexual couple where you have to, where it's almost implied, and you just assume, yes, you get married, then you have babies, but when you're not in a heterosexual relationship, you have to start reevaluating, saying, do I really want this? Like, is this really a choice that I want to make considering now there's this, these extra steps that I have to take? And when I decided that, yes, I did want to, I was already, I don't know, 42, something like that. And then having to go through so many challenges, there really was this opportunity for me to really make a mental shift and go deeper into my faith about that if I really wanted it and really had the faith in it that it could happen. And now it didn't turn out exactly how I originally planned in that it isn't my egg. It actually is my wife's egg that we fertilize and then I am carrying. But the beautiful thing is is the prayer that I had set forth and the, the vision that I had was to be able to carry and birth a child. And, you know, we sometimes we pray for things and they don't always come out the way that we envision in the first place. But... You know, in some ways, I think it's even more beautiful this way. And it feels, wow. it, it's, it's the time of my life. I think I have never in my life had such an extended period of time of being in so much appreciation and joy and awe for the miracle of just life and to feel life growing inside of you and then to think about how, you know, this miracle happens over and over and over again and what a blessing it is to be part of, you know, this process in this way, and I am literally, ex you know, I'm ex I've expanded my ability to hold on to a level of gratitude and appreciation for an extended period of time. And what a blessing, because I feel like everything that else is happening in my life is filtered through these eyes of real deep appreciation and gratitude and faith, and I'm already changed, and she's not even here yet, so I can't imagine what the changes that will occur once she's born. Wow. Well, you know, uh, my mother 
accredited a lot of her uh, youthfulness to the fact that she did that she had me when uh, when when she was in her mid forties. And one thing, I was a very rowdy child, and I was a very nosy child. I'm still nosy. I'm very inquisitive. I want to know about everything and everyone, especially if it's a little. Um, something that I'd, I've, I've never heard about. And one of the things about, about you, Patricia, is that you call this practice or, or call, you call it intensity. And I know that that has to be a combination of words. What does the sati part of intensity come from? Sati means mindfulness in a language called Pali. It's an Indian language. And it, you, it's funny because if you look it up, there's a few versions of it. And one of the practices of sati, which I didn't actually realize until after I picked the name, is that um, women would voluntarily kill themselves, basically, once their husbands died in this, like, fiery, in, this, in a fire. And so it really had this, it has these meanings that are two very different things. That's not the one I'm talking about. Sati wow. for me is the, one, the choice that I, the word that I use, the definition that I use, is really mindfulness. And it really is for me the practice of becoming more aware, more mindful in the power that we have and the, the power that we're blessed with to really be a participant in the way that our life unfolds. And intention comes from the word Intent comes from the word intention. And so this practice is developing this higher level of awareness that what we intend or what we think about really is like a prayer, and every prayer is answered. So when you do it mindfully and when you do it deliberately, I call someone who participates in this practice a warrior. And I like to distinguish it's the difference between living your life as a worrier or a whiner or a complainer or as a warrior, someone who can make that shift from complaining to appreciating or from worrying to intending. And I love that line that says, you know, worrying is like praying for what you don't want. Mm -hmm. And without making that shift, and if you're someone who's really stuck in that kind of mindset and habit, that it's really difficult to, even if things work out in your life, to appreciate them and celebrate them. So I wanted to create a practice where people could practice being more mindful and become more aware about the patterns of thoughts that they hold on over and over again and to understand that a belief is just something that you keep saying over and over to yourself. It's not necessarily true, but you make it true with the, with the repetition and the emotion that you put behind it. So if you want a new belief about yourself that, yes, you are worthy, or yes, life can work out, or yes, love is possible, whatever your shift is that you really want to make, then it's really about embracing that new perspective and then emotionalizing it, becoming it, and then eventually it becomes your new belief. So intensati really is keeping your attention on the intentions that you have for yourself in your life. Well, I know with, with me, and, and I feel like I'm fairly evolved uh, when it comes to being centered in my, spirit, in my spiritual beliefs, but I get caught up sometimes between looking back with, with regret and looking forward with dread. Uh, mm. I know that you know, life does come to an end, and I know 
it can it can happen in many ways and one of the things that i think it's probably the greatest worry that all of us has is how will our life and how will my life end and knowing that I, I do my best to to exercise on a regular basis last week i talked about one of my sisters who's in her late 80s who has exercised every morning of her life for mm. two to three hours and honestly she is straight no arthritis she she's an amazing example of what a life of exercise is about in staying youthful for you know until the end of life what role do you think how much ex physical exercise should a person have if they want to stay healthy I think every day, I think, and the thing is you want to define or it's important to define what that means. And I don't mean, you know, you have to go to the gym and pump iron or you have to run a marathon, but the body needs to be moved. It needs to be exercised. The muscles need to be challenged in order for them to stay strong. The bones need to be challenged for them to stay dense and not deteriorate. And the heart needs to be worked in order for it to be able to pump life through your body. And then the oxygen, when you increase the levels of oxygen that your body is able to promote through the body, you just keep yourself much more youthful. So I believe that, you know, even something as simple as committing to being, having a more active life, whether it's gardening, whether it's taking a walk, whether it's, you know, getting down and doing some stretches, but that every day at some point there is some time that you set aside. And for me it really is a spiritual practice. It's like giving thanks. It's like appreciating and taking care of your body, just like you would brush your teeth, just like you take a shower. And without, when you don't do it, it's really neglect. But I think the thing that people get confused with is they really think about it as just a weight loss. Of just a vanity thing and I think of it as a sign of self-respect and a sign of self-love and that youthfulness that comes when you set aside 20 minutes 30 minutes one hour like your sister two hours what a beautiful beautiful gift that you change and that the rest of your life really is impacted when you give yourself that level of self-love and self-care well I live with two feline roommates and every morning when all three of us wake up we we all sleep very cozy in the same bed <laughs> and and the first thing we do are our morning stretches and these cats norma and placido named after two of my favorite performers my favorite screen actresses norma desmond i love her from the movie the women and i love placido domingo and my little placido was a singer for the, about the first month of his life so that's how the, I, they got these names but these are perfect little stretchers and i stretch right along with them the three of us are doing our i call it catter size and they do down dog and they do the wheel they do sun salutations and i'm doing it right along with them so at least i get my catter size in the morning and i live i live a block off central park so i try to go for a walk there so uh my cats are kind of my exercise coaches since i can't always get to someone like you patricia yeah it's it's really and it's kind of, it's a great example because 
you know, you see that cats, right? They're just following their instinct. They're, they're inspired by very different things than we are and that we get caught up in. And so if you see and you watch animals or you watch things in nature, that it's that movement that really does promote their, they just know instinctively that that is a good thing for them to do. So I think that's brilliant that you follow their lead. Well, and I know cats also only eat when they're hungry. So I try to do that. I, I, I wait until they eat and then I eat. That's and great. That's so really great. This, I've become one of those crazy cat people in New York. I've, I've, I've become exactly what I thought I always would be, that eccentric person. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'll be going to the park and talking to the pigeons. There's a regular <laughs> lady that I see in the park, and she has this little black pigeon that always waits for her. She calls the pigeon Cleopatra. I think that's the next step for me, but oh, that's uh, hopefully don't not. Don't eat the cat food. No, no, no. I don't eat the cat food. That's what, that's. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far. Plus, at the price of cat food today, I'm better off just going <laughs> to, to the regular. Yeah, true. Store. True. But, um, oh my gosh, we're going to have to take another break. Uh, the time is flying. Don't go anywhere, Patricia. Okay. We'll be right back with more. This is the Colin Lively Show for the Zeus Radio Network on Hear Women Talk, and we'll be right back with more Patricia Moreno. It's Colin Lively back with Patricia Moreno, and while we were on break, I was having a little side conversation with Patricia and telling her about my own exercise habits, which right now are next to none except for my morning catercises and some occasional walking. But I used to be an absolute exercise fanatic where I was in the gym spending most of my waking hours working out, scared to death I'd put an ounce of fat on me. And now, like I say, I don't go much at all. But Patricia, what should a person who's 63, what should be a reasonable amount of exercise that I should be doing? I would say, really, if you could do a half an hour, a half an hour, uh, most days. And what I'm talking about is, and we're talking about, you know, going for a walk around the block, getting on the floor one day and doing some stretches, maybe some, you know, a little bit of strength training. Just move because it doesn't have to be totally strenuous. And you can build up to anything. But especially as we get older, what happens is really after the age of like 30, 25 to 30, your muscles start losing their, their density. And so unless you're really training them in some way, then your metabolism slows down, which makes it a lot harder to keep the weight off and a lot easier to put it on, which leads to a whole lot of illnesses. And then cardiovascularly, if your heart isn't strong, then it really does, again, lead to the body breaking down. So it's really much more about keeping yourself, like you talk about, young and youthful and doing at least, I really would say, a half an hour. If you did a really nice half an hour of something that energized you, got your heart rate going a little bit, some stretching in there. I mean, there's so many things you can do besides, I mean, like going for a walk, getting in the pool, going for a dance class, going 
you know, if you like to even going golfing where you're walking on the golf course, I mean, there's so many things that you could find as hobbies that don't have to really feel like exercise, but that you really do put a good half an hour, at least most days, aside where you're moving and breathing and stretching and, and improving your health. Well, I remember quite some time ago, I read a book by Dr. Weil, who I believe he said that, that as soon as we become adults, we start dying, that we, we, that we start the, the downhill, the, the long downhill journey to eventual death. And what Dr. Weil was about was healthy eating, that he didn't combine so much with spirituality, but, but he said that a person who has a healthy lifestyle with, a, with exercise and with proper nutrition, that they should never have the decline. They should only have the fall off. He said life should be like a, a swimming board. Uh, a diving board where you start at one end, you walk in a straight line to the other end, and then you have a sudden drop. Well, that has stayed with me all these years. I don't remember much else about the book, but it sounds like if if we maintain a, a good spiritual side, good mental outlook, combined with nutrition and with the right amount of exercise, that all of us could have more like a drop-off instead of a steady decline. Oh, I think that's so great. That's a great analogy because, you know, the body really is a marvelous thing and it knows how to heal itself. And there's just certain things like the analogy of putting gas in your car and changing the oil. And if you don't do those basic things, that vehicle will absolutely break down. It'll rust. It'll not work. But yet it could be meant to work for years and years and years with proper care. And so many people are not eating right or taking care of their body. You know, I read a statistic uh, yesterday that says it's estimated that by the year 2020, an estimated quarter of the population will be living with a chronic condition that could be significantly improved or completely avoided by exercising and eating right. And those are just the two basic things that people think of as hobbies or luxuries. But I don't call them hobbies or luxuries. I call them really essentials for keeping your body in the way that it is meant to be, thriving, not just surviving or, like Dr. Wow says, dying. And the thing that I really like to also get up and talk about is, you know, we forget that without our health and without that, our body feeling good, we really, everything else is secondary. So no matter what career we have, no matter how good our relationship is, no matter how much money we have in the bank, if our body is aching and we're struggling to move it around or we're struggling to get up the stairs or we're struggling to even enjoy life and walk outside and be in nature and play... Uh, we've really diminished the quality so much and we've diminished the joy and really what's possible in life simply by neglecting those basic needs that our body really requires. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I had Dr. Stephen Gettinger on as my guest. And one of the things that I remember Stephen Gettinger telling me was that we build 
all new cells on a daily basis, that we have cells that are replacing themselves. And if you have uh, an unhealthy organ, if you start treating it the right way, that within seven years, every cell in that unhealthy organ can be replaced with a brand new healthy cell, that you can, with treating yourself the right way, rebuild a a sick body into a healthy body that we don't have to continue to become more sick that leads to our you know our deaths that that is not the way we have that we should view ourselves i know a number of people who have used alternative ways to treat illnesses such as cancer i mean i'm not saying that you don't go to a doctor if you if you, if you have cancer but i i can name a few people that through nutrition and meditation, have turned the cancer around. My my uh, dance coach Gabrielle Roth had lung cancer last year. She she through meditation, nutrition, and dance, she's now teaching again. Whereas the prognosis was that she may last a year. Here a year later, she's back at Urban Zen teaching. Wow! So I do believe that the right spiritual outlook, nutrition, all of that, I think that it really is the way to go. The hard thing is truly believing it. We can we can pray, but then we can also do affirmative. We can be affirmative and really believe it. Well, I think that that point is really important because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, yes, I do believe that what I think about impacts the quality of my life, and yes, I do believe in prayer, and then there, it's often followed by this but, right, but not in this case, or but I, I really don't believe it's going to happen, or but I really don't want to get up and exercise. So I, I like to quote that Quaker statement that says, pray and move your feet. You can pray, but you've also got to do your part, and you've got to really honor that there are certain things, whether it's hard or not, or whether you feel like it or not, you really make a part of your daily practice. Like, how many people really do want to get up and meditate every single day? Is that easy? It's absolutely not easy, but it's really one of the practices that if you want to get yourself to a, a place where you're, you are able to experience another level of self-awareness or peacefulness, it is one access to that. And if you really want to have this kind of lifestyle, a life that's, that's not just one where you're dragging yourself around, but one that's thriving, one that's joyful, one that's full of love, and you ha- there's some work that needs to be done. And when you really want to commit to that, it's like, I think, what else is there to commit to? Seriously, what else is there to commit to? But then really experiencing life to its fullest. And I honestly believe that with the body being unhealthy in a state that can be especially avoided through things like diet and exercise, that that should be everybody's number one priority and that everything else should revolve around that because that's self-love, that's self-acceptance, and that's powerful. Well, and since... Like you, like you said earlier, a lot of people are concerned with what aging looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what I've seen from people who have been around for years, such as Jane Fonda, I mean, clearly, not only does, does exercise keep you your body healthier, but on the surface, I think you, you look much younger. I, God knows my 87-year-old sister looks decades younger than she really is 
uh, I have two other sisters who don't exercise, and they look uh, they look exactly their age. But uh, so I think from a vanity thing, like like there's more to looking great than Botox and facelifts and scalp reductions and all the things that I see older people doing, where they're literally uh, you know torturing and and doing crazy things to themselves. Yeah, because you know what? I mean, when you come when it comes down to it, it's really a lot of people confusing that that leads to, you know, if you reduce the wrinkles on your face or if you cut off, you know, some of the extra flab around your midline that you're really going to be a happier person, but that's like saying, you know, if I when I find the right relationship, then I'll be happier. When I make enough money, I'll be happy. When the truth is we all know that we've experienced wanting something and then getting it, and then we haven't really changed. We haven't really become that person that we think that we're going to become because we're thinking it's that thing outside of ourselves that's either causing us to be happy or not happy. And there's a great line from Janine Roth who wrote the book Women, Food, and God, and she says, even a diet that helps you lose weight fails miserably if you haven't changed the way that you think, if inside is an angry or unhappy heart. And that's, it's just so true because you can see that when you have people who are, are healthy, they radiate something, there is a different quality to their persona and to their character and that radiating youthfulness or vitality or self-love or whatever that is, you, you can start to see that it's not the size, so much the size of their body, but there are people at very different levels very different weights that really do radiate this health and this well-being. Mm. And instead of getting stuck on trying to get the thighs thinner and trying to lose 30 pounds in 30 days or whatever these crazy diets and crash diets and, you know, try instant lose weight things to really focus on the inside. Like, do am I really living a life that has integrity? Am I really eating well? Am I eating foods and putting into my body things that are going to nourish and supply me with vitality? Or am I just hoping that it won't catch up to me until later and then I can take a pill or have a surgery mm-hmm. that will really help to eliminate that problem? But the, I think the greater game is to start from nourishing and taking care of your body and taking care of your heart and taking care of your mind and then see what greatness comes out of that foundation, which I really believe is a whole other way to live. Wow. Well, we're going to have to take another break, but when we get back, we've still got more Patricia Moreno. We'll be right back. I'm back with Patricia Moreno. This is Colin Lively for the Colin Lively Show on Hear Women Talk. And before our time gets completely away from me, this this hour is just flying by. There's so much information from Patricia. But Patricia, I want to know, how can I find more of you? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? Do you have a website I can go to? I have so much. I have um, a website, Sati Life, S A. T.I. Life is the website that has um, all the information about me and about this program and also where you can buy the workout DVDs, the Intense Outie workout DVDs, dance DVDs, all kinds of DVDs that you can 
certainly find one for each day of the week. And I also do a lot of workshops and seminars, and all of that is on my event calendar on that page as well. And then I'm on Facebook um, as Patricia Moreno or I Love Intensati. I have a fan page like that. I'm also on Twitter where I send out daily, you know, some kind of a you know, thing to think about and something to help shift your attention throughout the day. So I send out a lot of information on Twitter as well. I have a blog, Patricia Moreno Thrives, um, and all of that's also, you can find all that information on the website as well. And then, of course, the book, The Intensati Method, Seven Secret Principles to Thinner Peace, which you can buy online or any Barnes & Noble store. So many opportunities for people to uh, work out with me and start living the Intensati lifestyle. Wow. I, I love that thinner piece. I, I, that's something that's just going to stay with me forever. And mm. when I go for that ice cream, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to say, thinner piece, thinner is, is this... Piece. Thinner piece, thinner piece. Is this really serving me well to have this ice cream? Is would Patricia Moreno say, Colin, get your hands off that ice cream. You want thinner piece. <laughs> and that doesn't mean a thinner piece of pie. It means thinner thinner piece of mine. <laughs> There's no such thing as a thin piece of pie for me. It's the whole pie or it's no pie. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's all I or nothing. I can turn it into a pie. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I'm checking out your website right now. It really is amazing what all you have there. You have a blog. Yes. Which I'm I going have to be a blog. Uh -oh. And, you know, on that blog, too, I send out, I like to send out not only just, like, the messages, but kind of, like, challenges. Like, this week, why don't you challenge yourself to work out every day or challenge yourself to, you know, and I'll give some kind of a nutritional tip. Something for that, because I really think that what happens is I try to promote most of all that diets don't work because as soon as you get off of it, what happens is you go back to your old habits. But when you do these little changes consistently you restart rethinking your choices uh, day by day by day that accumulation and that new habit starts to become your lifestyle and that really is the goal it's changing your lifestyle not just changing your life for a short period of time well and it looks to me like you bring a lot of fun and inspiration to your workouts one of the things that people dread about working out is that it isn't fun uh, yeah. they go to the gym with dread but it's that you know drive to be gorgeous that that takes many people to the gym but if it were more fun i think more of us would go yeah, and I think that's really a really big point. And that I think that's what's so, what I love about Intensati, even for my own training and for the thing that I hear a lot of people 
really like about it is when you're in when you're doing something that's challenging, especially if you're not someone who yet has achieved that place where you actually enjoy working out. That when you're working out, you're, there's this complainer in you that is like, "This is so hard. When is it going to be over?" But when you're totally engaged and you're saying the affirmations and you're saying like the affirmations we're doing right now is, I am done complaining. I am ready for creating a life I really love. Yes, I am changing. I am worth it. I am letting go because I deserve it. And when I honor myself, the world shifts around me. So you're saying these things. And what's brilliant is just that it, if anything, if nothing else, it keeps your mind occupied and it keeps you calling forth some, something other than that complainer or that whiner. And it's invigorating and it's exhilarating. And by the end of the class, you've really made an internal shift which carries, which you carry throughout the day. You start thinking about things differently. You start saying, am I complaining? Is it really worth it? Is it a waste of my time? Is there something else I could be doing right now that would enhance my life versus this complaining mindset? So it works on so many levels. And then you see the room full of people or everybody's getting so enthusiastic and so uplifted that, you know, it's just like being in church or being with any group of inspired people. It rubs off on you. So everybody starts lifting everybody else up. And the change and the transformation that happens is so empowering that little by little, like the fabric of your being starts to shift. So it really is a fun way to get that mindset shifted from complaining about exercise to really committing and actually falling in love with it. Well, when, when I heard you at Unity a few weeks ago, your spirit, your energy, it just came through the entire congregation. You had, at the, at the end of your sermon you had us all up on our feet exercising uh you know giving glory to god thanking uh you know our god for for caring for us so deeply and working our bodies i thought it was the most amazing thing that i have ever experienced but it was your energy because it was clear that you walk your talk Sometimes when you hear people, the words coming out of their mouths, they might as well be robotic because you know that it's just scripted and it's uh, not heartfelt. But I can't. It was like a, a beam of light just reached mm. out of of you and embraced all of us. It was something I, I'm just so fortunate to have been there. And like I say, my Episcopalian priest friend. <laughs> says he he would like to do that for his congregation somehow i don't see it happening but <laughs> we can keep trying <laughs> i'd well, like to see that too i would like to i mean i i i've never been to an episcopalian church but i th i think they probably wear those long robes i just can't see them doing much <laughs> moving in those <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, yeah, it was quite a unique situation, I'm sure, even at Unity Church. It, it was such a thrill to be there because, um, you know, part of the thing that's so hard about or a challenge about what I do is going and bringing this, this conversation into a gym where people are just not expecting it. But when I came to Unity and I was bringing forth this this 
this new workout perspective, it was kind of like, wow, I was talking to the people that already believe in affirmative prayer and believe in all of the things that I speak about. Now we're just adding this physical element. And so the, the willingness and the participation from the congregation really is what had a lot of my vibrance or my excitement be able to come forth so freely because I felt so welcomed and so appreciated that it was such a great exchange in that moment for me as well. Wow. And I can just imagine what, like you say, at the gym, when you bring spirituality into the sweaty gym, you probably yeah. get some blank yeah. stares there, too. Definitely. But I do have to say, I've been doing it now for about five years, and we get 100 people in the room. There's 100 people willing, wow. purely participating, and it, it's just, it's quite an extraordinary experience. Well, one of your protégés brings it to the church on a weekly basis now. Holly Craft mm -hmm. uh, is now doing it at the, at, at the Unity offices. So it's spreading now as a, as a regular part of our church. Yeah, but, it's really, really great. I actually went and taught for her last week, and it was fantastic. Everybody was completely um, going along with it wholeheartedly, which is such a treat. I, I promise I'm going to show up there. Excellent. But our time is up, Patricia. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making my show just wonderful this afternoon. And I, wa I want you to come back. Have the baby. Uh, and in a few months, please come back and join us again. That would be a treat. Thank you, Colin. I appreciate it. Loved being here with you. Oh, thank you. And next week, I've got another great guest who... His name is um, Montgomery Frazier, and he will be my guest next week. He's called the Image Guru, and now that we are looking young, we're going to dress young and have a positive attitude about that, too. So That's next awesome. week on the Colin Lively Show for the Zeus Radio Network, Hear Women Talk.